Hi, everyone. Today we have Doug Shadle, the CEO of Rhino7. Uh, I want to introduce you to him because he is one of the uh, top thought leaders in our industry, and I just want to grab his insights. Good morning, Lance. How are you today? Good. Well, um, Doug, can you um, take just one second and just tell everybody uh, about Rhino7? Well, Rhino 7 goes back quite a ways. Um, we started in 1999. Um, and when we first started, we were primarily a franchise sales organization um, with larger companies like a Great Clips, things along that lines that wanted us to help them grow. Um, as we grew over the years, uh, we did a lot more pieces of the pie for franchisors. So in some cases, we are the franchisor. In other cases, we team up with them strategically to help give them what they need. And we have multiple divisions at Rhino7. We have our development division, which is franchise sales. We also have a pretty good-sized construction management department where we help franchisees find their sites and open their units, whether they're retail or medical. And then we obviously do operational support, too, uh, with some of the different brands that we have uh, supporting franchisees. So we're headquartered in Raleigh, North Carolina, have been here really since 99. Um, I've been here since I was a child. Really, my parents moved here. So love Raleigh. So if any of you are thinking about moving, you should definitely check out North Carolina. It's a good place to live. <laughs> Nice. I've been there. It is beautiful. Um, so, you know, if I'm a young brand, you know, I, I know you work with established brands and young brands both. But the biggest thing is, is it's hard to learn how to do the sales process. I know that people can basically they're successful at running their business, but developing it into a franchise and actually selling it. Those are all new skills. And sometimes outsourcing that works. Um, can you talk about um, how, you know, a lot of new brands, they don't have a sales process and they just think that they're going to talk to people and then people are going to buy it. Can you really talk about what an effective sales process looks like? Um, that's a good question, Lance. We do a lot of work with um, what, what's called an emerging brand, right? These are newer brands that have a good model um, or they are an independent business that is not a franchise yet that we can learn from the inside out, wrap a good franchise system around it, and then grow them and help them grow effectively. So we do a lot of that, but an emerging brand probably doesn't realize, especially in their early years, that franchise sales and development growth for a franchisor is a strategy, right? So People want to know a handful of things when they're looking at a franchise, what the business is and does, what the owner's role needs to be, or if there's varieties of those roles, what are they, uh, what the total investment is going to be at the high end for the franchise, which is the item seven. And then they want to know approximately what's being made already in the business so that they can potentially relate that to themselves. That's the item 19. So if if a brand is an emerging concept, right, especially with no franchisees or young early franchisees, their item seven and their item 19 are very critical for them to help people understand what they are. 
right? So they need to build a detailed item 19. So this sounds a little strange, but the best franchise systems are really reverse engineered off the P&Ls of the business that the founder created, or in, in even better, businesses, multiple units. So they've tested it over and over. So there's a lot to becoming an emerging franchise and a, and a uh, franchisor, and a lot of the focus really needs to be on the support system, right? So many times emerging brands believe that after they get some franchisees, they can layer in people to help them grow and support franchisees. And really all that needs to start happening before you bring in franchisees so that you have a system for everything that you're doing so that you can bring in franchisees and help them the best you can. And that that can be a challenge, right, for franchisors, especially emerging, because if they grow slow, then they have a tendency not to wear, want to layer in the staff. And if they grow quickly, they're chasing their growth. So it's kind of a catch-22 on both sides. We try to prepare franchisors best we can for what's going to happen with those types of things. And emerging concepts, you know, you got to put some money into being a franchisor, right? So a lot of times an emerging franchise company will think that it's going to be cheaper than it actually would be to open a unit than it would to become a franchisor. And that's just not the case. Now, I know that um, we, we've we talked about this in the past, but uh, what should a franchise expect to spend on average, an emerging brand, to go from starting to, to where your royalties are kind of paying, paying for everything? Well, that royalty self-sufficiency is obviously where everybody's trying to grow, because once you get there, then you can exponentially grow up larger from there. But typically... Uh, a brand needs to probably have a half a million dollars that they are going to need to be able to utilize over the time that they start until they reach that. And if they have franchisees that do lower gross sales and higher margin, then it could be a million dollars, right? So every franchisor is going to be different, right? Depending on what their franchisees are really going to produce for them. So kind of give you a feel for that. If a franchisor has high gross revenues, right, then they're going to make more royalty when a franchisee develops and grows. If the business is smaller, maybe less expensive to get into and has low gross sales, but high margins for the franchisee, then that causes the franchisor typically to have to invest more money to grow the business because they're going to need more people to support lots more franchisees that do lower gross that are paying in lower royalty. So those are some of the things that we help franchisors figure out when they're looking to develop. Right. Because they're going to make less money because it's, it's a lower gross sales and they're going to have to have more people because they're serving more franchisees makes total sense. Yep. And that's, that's something that most, you know, emerging concepts don't really understand, right? They're, they're, they'll grow into that, but you you have to plan accordingly. And that's a big factor in it all. Right. Because, you know, I, I actually see that um, when I work with like an emerging brand, 
versus a well-established brand. The well-established brands, they'll have like, uh, you know, webinars, they'll have a five-step sales process where they go through financials and the support and everything else. And, and then they go through a discovery day and awarding. Whereas some of the young brands, especially that try to do it on their own, they're just like happy to get on the phone. They give their elevator pitch and they're like, do you have any more questions? And let me send you the FDD and let's talk in two weeks, um, which just isn't an effective sales process. Why is the not having the structure and just talking about it um, not lead to franchisee uh, interest? Um, I think probably the biggest focus with that, Lance, is you're not completing the investigation of, of the categories that are within the business that they need to learn, right? So if if the franchisor is just having conversations, a conversation sends them the FDD, goes over the FDD, and then tries to bring them in, right, for a discovery day, the, the, the potential franchisees really coming in with very little knowledge, right? It's better to reverse that and break the business down into categories, right? So we'll, let's just say staffing. What you want to do is you want to help them understand every aspect of staffing, who they're going to need, what approximately they're going to have to pay them, how they're going to recruit them, all the different aspects of those things. And then uh, when you're finished with that, you can basically ask them, do you think you've got a pretty good handle on staffing? And with, with our systems that we have, do you think you can implement this? And they're either going to say yes or no. If they say no, then there's more to cover, right? To get them comfortable. If they say yes, then you can have a checklist and check that off and then move on to real estate or whatever other categories that the brand really needs to have to be able to go through those things. Then once they've gone through every category, they have a good understanding of the business. Then it's time for a virtual discovery day or a discovery day, whatever the brand really needs to do to implement their uh, system to finalize it. Right, right. You know, um, I the th some of the things that I've seen you do um, have have been very interesting to me. Like I watched how you had this one logo that I loved, and then you guys changed it, and I didn't love it as much. But you told me that you had to remove a bunch of the details and colors from it because it made a drastic improvement in the cost of producing that logo for that business throughout everywhere it touches, which was very interesting to me. I wouldn't think of little things like that, but I mean, you guys have it all dialed in. Well, there's a lot of pieces to the pie. So what we're really trying to do is look for the most effective way for the brand to succeed. So if you let's say you've got a, a an emerging concept that has three or four different units and they're all in different sized space right let's say it's retail what we really want to do then is we want to look at what is the most the, the very most effective space size and square footage and then hone in on that size and do just that not try to have a wide variable to open it up to. And so what that does is it really helps franchisees get the best um, get the best of both worlds. In other words, the franchisors tested, right? And 
Now we know which one is most effective, and then we focus on that side. And that can be done with staffing, real estate, marketing, all the different things that need to happen. Doug, what what are some of the things that you guys do that really um, keep the uh, the sales process moving for people? Well, there's there's a lot of different things that are involved in an investigation of a franchise, right? And so what you're really trying to do is deliver that information, not, not in a week, right? Not in a, a two-week period. Really, you want to give it to them spread out a little bit so that you can make sure that they're absorbing everything that you're giving them. So on the average, you know, some brands are going to need around a month. Others may need six weeks to take them through the categories of what you need to take them through. So what we think works best is to talk with them and discuss certain things and then have them go learn. In other words, do homework in between calls, not feed them every time you're you're talking to them all the information so that when you're talking with them, they're learning. But when you're not talking with them, they're just sitting and waiting, right, for the next time they talk with you. So by utilizing these types of systems, it helps the prospective franchisee really figure out what we all want to know, them and us. Are we a good fit for each other? Because if we are, fantastic, right? They'll come into the system much more educated, better prepared, all the different aspects of what it is, right? If they are not a good match, we'll know it relatively quickly and then they can focus on what's going to be a better fit for them, right? So a lot of times in in scenarios, Lance, when people are looking to get into a franchise business, they have a tendency to focus in on things they like, right? So I like to use the example, I like to eat sandwiches, so I should own a Subway, right? So that's really not how it should happen. What you're really trying to figure out is what's the business model and what of my skill sets fit this business model best, right? And if I if I like to eat sandwiches, but I'm not really good at recruiting and, and managing people, then that's not for me, right? Not even close. But if I am good at those things, then that brand can work for me, right? So... You're really trying to see and give that franchisee what they need for whatever type of model they're looking at so that they can make a a good, educated, uh, I don't want to call it guess, but a good, educated decision on whether they think they can fit in that franchise or not. Right. And, you know, one of these things, when you're breaking this up into these categories, Doug, it it seems like what you're doing is, is... you're you're doing a couple things. One thing is you're handling objections because they're going into this thing that would be like site selection type stuff. And they're like, well, I don't know if I can find a site. Well, as you go through that module, they're learning how to do it. So you're one, handling the objection. And two, you're teaching them how to think about how to make this work, right? They're they're envisioning, well, here's, here's how I make it work. So they're playing this active role. Like that homework is having them play this active role in figuring out the problems and visualizing themselves, figuring this out, which makes it not as scary. Um, That's very accurate. 
right? So in the best systems, right, for franchise development and growth, you already know where they're going to have concerns. And so you build a system that already answers those potential concerns before they ever even get there, right? So that when they do have concerns, it's not a laundry list, right? It's something small that you can focus on and help them find the answers on, whether that answer is good for them or bad for them. And they realize this is good for me as a brand or this is not good for me as a brand. So by strategizing how you're going to build the franchise investigation process, you're really using those categories so you can focus. So typically what we like to do is we want to focus on the stuff that would seem most scary for somebody, right? So let's say it's a retail business, right? And most people that would look at it had never developed out a retail storefront before, let alone go found a lease, negotiated and all those types of things. So in that brand, we would start right after an introduction call with real estate. That way we can help them understand how we're going to help them and the assisting they're going to get, but also what their responsibilities are so that they know that they can handle that. Then most likely in that type of scenario, you're moving into staffing next, then marketing, then technologies, whatever it is that you really need to cover as a brand. Right. And putting the the big the biggest uh, rocks or hurdles at the beginning. And it seems like by you getting in front of it, they'll spend less time dwelling on it. And that puts less of that uh, fear into their bones because we're just handling it right away. And, and the further you go, you're really handling smaller and smaller objections along the way. Yeah, you're 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 sliding down into the things that are managed a lot for them or at least assisted heavily for them um, so that they they can realize the heavy lifting that they would have to do early in the investigation rather than putting it at the end and surprising them with it. You really want to help them understand it early so that they can know they could have they could do it. Right. They they have to know they can do it in their own mind. And then once they realize they can do that, then you move on to the next category. Well, and I, I know that you don't work with just anybody. You definitely weed through people and find the brands that you're willing to commit to. And so I think it's good for people to understand if I'm a brand or I want to become a franchise, these are some things that I better have dialed in because you know, uh, if a franchise organization like yourself would pass on that, they should know that they're not in an optimal state yet. What are what are, what do you look for in a brand? Um, first, it would probably be the unit economics of the brand, right? So, if they've opened multiple units and financially they just do okay, then that's going to be something that probably we wouldn't be able to help. Right. Because once you factor in royalty, brand funds and different things along that lines, it would make it so that it was a lower revenue producing business. Right. So a lot of times we get uh, people that come to us with a brand that has a lot of promise, but it's not all the way there yet. 
In other words, they prop they may need another year or two of growth to show where they can really go financially, right? So a lot of times a new a new franchise concept comes from customers. And I want to explain that. So let's say that you go to a restaurant and you're sitting in there and you love the food and the atmosphere. And so as a customer, the owner happened to come by and ask how you're doing. You tell them you love it and you say you should franchise this. People would love it, right? That is a trigger for an owner that gets them thinking about that. But what it really does is it 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 makes a false impression of what people really would need to do it, right? Because the customer's just giving you the customer point of view. They don't know what it costs to do it. They don't know how much time commitment the owner has. They don't even know if they're making money. They just like the product or service, right? So that's a catalyst for an owner to then really look at what they are financially, and then that can tell them whether they can franchise, right? Because franchisees have different costs than than independent businesses do, right? They have royalty, right? Brand fund, right? They got a franchise fee to get into the brand. So the unit economics needs to be pretty good to be able to do that. And then once you can see where your unit economics are, you pull the P&Ls, then that will tell you what you can backdoor into. And then you can relate that to the item seven on the high end, right, of the item seven. And then you know what it is. Here's what the business is and does. Here's what it's going to cost somebody to get into. And here's what the business has produced in the past in income. That paints the picture. Right. And, you know, sometimes I see these companies that that become a franchise and instead of um, having something that is like unique and has a good brand, it has a good feel, they're just normal, you know, and it makes it harder for them to stand out. I mean, there are things that make something like like a cohesive brand, like you just you just love it there. It has a theme. It's unique and things where they're just I mean, it's just same thing you see everywhere. What are the components that really make that stuff stand out? Well, you've really got two types of businesses out there. Like you got the unique business that there's not a lot of or hardly any of that people would gravitate towards because there's less competition. And then you've got the old tried and true businesses, right, that Mm -hmm. have been around forever. But the demand is gigantic and you're going in and carving out yours. So in both those cases, you still need the same thing. You need heavy marketing, right? Because if people, if it's unique, people don't know it exists, right? So your marketing efforts are more on awareness to get people educated with it. I like that style. And if you're in something that's very prevalent, then you're really not educating them on what the business is. You're educating on them or to them that you're out here, right? And that you have good, good staff good systems, bonded, licensed, insured, all those types of things. So there's a variety of different ways to attack it. I don't, you know, if it's unique, then there's some attributes that you can have. And if it's not unique, but very, uh, very established, there's attributes to that too. So both can work. Hmm. 
And um, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you probably see brands doing as they're, uh, I would say, first emerging brands and second, like major brands that just aren't getting the traction they want? Um, I think for an emerging brand right out of the gate, the, one of the mistakes that they made is make is they're not diving into their franchise disclosure document well. Right. They're going out, finding an attorney. The attorney's attorneys developed it, gives it to them. And now they think they are ready to go. Right. That's really not the way it works. You want to you want to help craft your item, your your FDD into something that works for both the franchisee and the franchisor. It builds the strategy into what you're doing, whether it's a a territory-driven system or a market penetration strategy or a true area developer or a master. Those are different things that you can use, Lance, to make yourself unique in the model, right? So you're trying to use these different things. So I would say the FDD not being used as a tool, just being implemented as a hurdle they need to get through is a tough part. For a more established brand, that becomes even more critical, right? Because you're crafting your FDD as you grow every year because you're probably moving things around. You're you're moving your item 19, right? Because you have more businesses in that you can put in and you're moving your item seven as you learn more as a brand, right? So Franchisors are constantly working on those things every year. And I think that's that's probably one of the things that doesn't get enough focus with the brand. It just is a headache that they want to try to get out of the way. And they really don't realize that's your tool. That's your strategy. And your strategy needs to be implemented through your FDD. And then you can go implement that in your sales process. Right. Well, Doug, I... Uh... I appreciate you. I want to thank you for joining us. And uh, I just wanted to say, uh, if if you want to connect with Doug, I've known him for many years. Uh, you can tell he's one of the, he's extremely smart guy, knows what he's doing, been on the franchisor side, franchisee side, development side. Uh, if you want to work with him, there's a button uh, right next to this. You can click on that and uh, we'll get you connected with Doug. Thanks, Doug. We appreciate the time today.